If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. What in a row! Mm. For you, is it 20 in a row or is it 0 and 5? To me, it's 0 and 5 because I've stated this before. If you cheered for this team to tank, then you really don't care That's about. Fair, by the way. It being 20 losses in a row because you didn't care about it last year. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, you're 0-5 right now. It is true. I, it, I mean, the reality is it's 20 in a row over a couple of years. It's been a long time since a W. Yeah. And so there's reason to bring it up. Like, I don't think you can just avoid the stat, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it shows you the depths of how bad it's been to get the number one overall pick and get Trevor Lawrence. But to also, I mean, talking historic purposes now, you're second all time, you know, to the Tampa Bay Bucks And... And, and you do have to wonder where that ends. I mean, futility stinks. And, uh, you know, the record book of futility really stinks. So you don't want your name associated with that. Mm-hmm. Here comes a time of embarrassment and all that uh, for everyone. So I think that's why the 20 does have significance. But I would agree for Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer and this regime and these, this set of players, 0-5 is the reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Detroit Lions are, are there as well. And there are some teams that aren't playing that well, one and four, Giants and, and others. Uh, heck, the Kansas City Chiefs are two and three, and they're not happy about it, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots are two and three, and, yeah, well, I would rather have their teams probably going forward and getting it corrected. Bottom line is they're, they're two and three, and they're probably not having much fun in those towns and those locker rooms either. <laughs> yeah, but I also feel like they're playing in competitive games. Yeah, and they are. I, and I, I can't say you, you can say the same four quarters for the Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. and playing in competitive games, and that's the biggest, I think, disappointment right now. Like Even the Lions, truth be told, could have easily two wins on, on the resume yeah, they really right now. Yeah, should, right. Um, because they've, they've lost two heartbreakers, and you saw that from Dan Campbell in the press conference. It was in tears because yeah. he couldn't believe it. I mean, back-to-back weeks where the game is won, essentially, and just a last-second kick miraculously goes in. So the Lions sitting here, uh, a team that you know, hasn't won a game, could easily have two wins right now as we're speaking. But, you know, what's interesting there, Austin, is, see, I think the Jags and the Lions are a lot alike, although I think you're right about them being more competitive so far. Oh, for sure. I think they're a lot alike in their 0-5 because it shows me two franchises and mm-hmm. two teams that can't make plays when you need to. Mm. Uh, you know, everybody talk about the kicks um, for Detroit, against uh, Baltimore especially, but there was 4th and 19 that they let Baltimore off the hook preceding that that mm-hmm. kick, okay? That's, I mean, you can't allow that, right? I, I think uh, Lamar was in his own, his own, like, 12-yard line on that play. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars have had 4th and inches two weeks in a row to go up 21 nothing or make it a 5-point game with 10 minutes to go and all the momentum. Like, in the NFL, take the Jags and, and Titans out of it. And let's go to last night's game. It's 31-20, Kansas City and Buffalo. And I understand there's street cred for Kansas City. But if Kansas City goes down and scores, and it's 31-27, 
with 10 minutes to go in the game. It's like, hey, it's a heck of a football game. Yeah, Bill, Bill's been winning the whole game, but watch out, here comes Kansas City. Sure. Well, the Jags were down 31-13. They had a chance to make it 31-26 or even 27. And with 10 minutes to go in the game, had all the momentum. Like, that's a real game. Like, mm -hmm. that's an NFL game. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that, although the scorebook would say it's a little bit farther apart, I think the Jags in those instances, being up 21 nothing or being down 31-26 with all the momentum and 10 minutes to go, are really not that different than the Detroit Lions, even though you look up and it's a last-second loss and a last-second loss. I think it's drastically different because set aside from the Cincinnati game in the first half, you have not really been in competitively any of these games by the time the fourth quarter hit. You just haven't. Now, maybe Arizona you can make a case for, but by the end of that game, you're like, okay, it's over. And at least with Detroit, it came down on the wire in at least two games. I'm looking to make an argument for the third game, uh, the first game of the season against San Francisco, where it came down to an onside kick, and yeah, it is true. what it is. That there. was a but little they, more desperation. Yeah, but, but they yeah. desperation, but it came down to a kick. The Jaguars haven't had that. So, to me, it's not comparable because at least at the end of the day, the Lions are, are in meaningful games when there's five minutes left to go in the game. And to me, what it comes down to, like, I'll be honest with you. The Lions roster, I still can't name more than three players on it. I, I seriously can't. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the Goff, they you, got, you Goff. got Goff, Hawkinson, Swift. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't name it because uh, Okuda's hurt. I can't name much of their defensive guys. I can't yeah. name a lot of the wide receivers. So it's not like yeah, they have Detroit, the studs. How many guys could they name in Jacksonville? I mean, you can name Trevor Lawrence. You better be able to name James Robinson. He's top 100. Okay. I hope you can name DJ Chark. I hope you can name Marvin Jones. You, you just really went think there. they could name DJ Chark? Pro Bowler. How, ma how many Pro I'm Bowlers are the Lions? Detroit now. I mean, you talk, I mean, pay attention to the Jags. Okay. So, how, mean, how many Pro Bowlers are the Lions have? I just, again, I don't know their roster I well. I, I mean, don't think they maybe do. Maybe there's a hidden one like a Marvin Jones or a DJ Chark is my point. Yeah, maybe. You know, there might I mean, be Hawkinson, maybe. But, I mean, even but, if there's five, there's not that different. Yeah, but know? I think you can say name Miles Jack as Probably well. Probably could. Yeah. So I got I, outside I of think, Miles, you're not naming anybody on the defense unless you really know football. I mean, I mean, maybe Shaq Griffin. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think the Jaguars have better. I think they have more names on the Jaguars than they do on the Lions. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just a, it's a southeast bias. Yeah. But I think it's a little bit of covering them bias. I really do. I mean, okay. you pull up Detroit's roster, and I, I think we're going to know more names than, than it's just not no name. I mean, I think you could contend that Cincinnati's a no-name defense, quite frankly, too. But Yeah, but they have the offense. I mean, uh, and I then still, they got yeah. the guys on offense, yeah. But my point is, is that, okay, so let's say that they're comparable then. Well, let's say there's just as many star players on Detroit as Jacksonville has. Just as many household names in Detroit as Jacksonville has. Okay. Well, then what makes the difference then has to be the coaching. Yeah. Because if you don't have the, the roster talent to compete, then the coaching has to put you over the hump. I think you've seen that a little bit with Detroit, where, yeah, they don't have the household names. Once again, I'm looking at their wide receivers right now, Cleef Raymond, Aquimia St. Brown, Trinity Benson. Yeah. I don't know any of those yeah, guys. That's a good point. I think people have heard of Marvin Jones before, maybe. I think people have heard well, of DJ Chark before. <laughs> and maybe they've heard of Visca Chanel. I haven't heard of any of those guys. But, like, somehow they still find a way to be in ball games, And that, to me, comes down to coaching more than anything. Yeah. So I think when you don't have the roster to compete, when you have one of the worst rosters possibly in the NFL, well, you have to make up for that. And you can't make mistakes, and your coaching has to shine through. 
And I think in these first, you know, five games, there's been mistakes, but also coaching not shining through. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I, I, listen, I just don't think there's a marked difference between the Lions and the Jags right now in terms of their stories, except for their coach wanted to, you know, bite off a kneecap and now he's crying. You know, I mean, and the coach of the Jaguars has been an embarrassment over the last 10 days especially. You okay, know, so that's so, a marked difference. Okay, but then let me ask you this. Do you feel more comfortable after a Dan Campbell press conference or an Urban Meyer press conference? I don't know, man. I like the the Dan Campbell crying to me wasn't didn't do much for me. Like I was like, really? Like I do you I'm think okay. that Galvin? If you were a player in the locker room, you're like, man, all right. I mean, I mean, he cares. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I don't sense that Urban doesn't care. Does. I mean, I feel like he's, I mean, listen, I criticize him today. We'll get into that so, in a moment. Yeah. But I, to me, okay. I, I don't sense it, that he doesn't care. Okay, so to, to me. player, 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 player. That's all he talks about. Sure. So to me, the, the biggest takeaway from a Dan Campbell press conference so far, the biggest negative is, okay, he got emotional. And, and maybe, like, he has to keep his emotions in check, but maybe he cares too much. That's, that's, that's my biggest takeaway from a Dan Campbell press conference. My biggest takeaway from Urban Press Conference today is the fact that, well, does Trevor Lawrence, does he know how to do a quarterback sneak or not? Yeah. Where, where are we in the communication with that? Yeah, yeah. At least we don't have communication problems. I mean, at least Detroit doesn't for as far as the press conference are concerned. Maybe they do. I, well, and I was going to say this. Again, this is from a far too up close. I don't know what else Dan Campbell said in his press conference other mm -hmm. than the fact, and I didn't watch your game, other than the fact I know that he was you know, emotional, mm -hmm. right? So that's all we know. Mm -hmm. it, I'm glad you brought up Campbell because I was going to do this, and again, I have no problem. I mean, great. That guy's a passionate guy. We know it. Mm -hmm. I, I get it. And I do think they're playing hard and all that stuff. But I think we're going to get wrapped up into, hey, Dan Campbell wants to bite off kneecaps, and now he's emotional, and he, he, he cares so much about losing, and he hates losing and all this stuff that his players are playing very hard for him. That's a team that's playing very hard. Mm -hmm. Well, be careful on the Urban Meyer front in the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I don't know who they're playing hard for or why they're playing hard, but they are playing hard. Like, that is not a problem in Jacksonville. Mm. Do you sense that? Are they playing hard? Yeah, they're not loafing. They're, they're, they're not quitting on themselves. Yeah. No. But, I mean, playing hard also comes down to, you know, mental mistakes. Okay, well, I'm Lions are like making plenty of mistakes. I okay, mean, they're I losing mean, games. But, sure, but they just allowed Minnesota to have 19 points. So they're doing something right because yeah. Minnesota's offense, to me, is nothing to slouch at. So they're playing in competitive games. I think if you play in competitive games, that means that your mental mistakes, they're not that much. Yeah. And, again, that can go back to probably what should be the priority topic today, and that is where the coaching stands. Yeah. Um, I, maybe Cam I'm not disagreeing you, with you that Campbell and, and the staff maybe are doing a better job with their roster mm -hmm. uh, based off things like that, mm -hmm. 19 to 16 or 17 kind of game, rather than, can't stop anybody for nine straight possessions like where's the correction yeah. like can't get in from fourth and inches but they also are obviously having some meltdowns in big spots and whether that's player driven or or coach driven my point was i think nationally today i was listening to this actually on espn 690 coming in okay. uh, around noontime and uh, barton hahn or whatever and they brought up like the the man those guys are playing hard for campbell those guys are playing hard for Campbell. Mm -hmm. well i'm just here to tell you that i don't sense that the jags are not playing hard for urban whether it is for urban or themselves this football team is, I mean, heck, you had Taylor Luan basically out the last coaching staff in, in locker room, if you believe what he said. He basically said, this team, we come up here to Jacksonville, or down here in Jacksonville in the past, and, yeah. and by the time they get down, they, they were done. 
Well, they and, quit on you. Well, this with, team didn't do that yesterday. And with all due respect, I think Taylor Lewan's taking a back I, step as well. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, yes. I would say that if, if I'm playing the way Taylor Lewan's playing right now. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, that's I'll tell you what, they ain't quit, though. They're, they're a lot better than they used to. Yeah, are they a lot better, though? <laughs> or are you, just or not are you as taking good? a step back, Taylor? <laughs> um, but I wondered that. I tweeted that with 20 minutes to go yesterday in the game. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry can make you, and quit's a bad word, right? But no, there's no kind of quitting. Lose, it's, it can make you lose kind of your passion, your intensity, your, uh, here we go again. The Jags didn't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I didn't sense yesterday. In fact, their defense got better as the game went along uh, and, and actually got some stops in a critical time, and then Jags couldn't cash in. Mm-hmm. The coaching is definitely something that we're talking about. Uh, Daryl Bevel has been a big. I've seen, I saw it on social media today. People are a fan of him. You know, what's, is, here's what's wild, mm-hmm. okay? To your point in this conversation, Yes. And I, I believe there are moments where the coaching has shown that they, they're getting better and all this stuff. And I, I don't mind saying that, but here we are in week five now. And you're still, they're making, it's like the players. The players make critical mistakes in critical times. Or they don't make plays when you need to make plays. Shaq Griffin, you've got to intercept that ball, right? Yes. I mean, you've got to make a play. Well, I'll even say, Trevor, you either got to hit LaVisca or LaVisca, you got to run a better route. Whoever's fault that was down on first and goal, that needs to be a completion for a touchdown mm-hmm. in the NFL. Well, then I say, coaches, you have to coach better. You have to have a feel for the game. You have to know James Robinson is averaging 9.2 yards a touch coming out of the locker room. And when you come out for your first series, you don't give him the ball. Yeah. He's averaging a first down every time he gets the pigskin. Almost a first down. Mm-hmm. And they actually had a couple successful plays, but on third and one, they get sacked for 12 yards, and they're trying to keep up with the Titans, and they don't even give it to their best player. That's bad coaching. Did they not check the box score? Did they not get handed the stats at halftime and see 12 carries for 110 yards? Mm-hmm. Daryl Bevel not being able to get in the end zone on first and goal from the five, even if his quarterback or receiver didn't run the right route or didn't make the right throw, and can't get in on fourth and inches for the second week in a row, that's Darryl Bevel. Like, that's his fault. But here we are, we're talking about Bevel a lot. Mm-hmm. This offense that looks like it's doing some good things but not capitalizing. Yet we're really not hammering Joe Cullen much. To your oh, point no, about Campbell, right? I mean, yeah. Cullen probably hasn't gotten a lot of grief because the OC always gets the most grief, and the offense is what everybody sees. Yeah. But this de- And I already think the defense is kind of just okay. Mm-hmm. But the deep why aren't they fixing some of these problems? Maybe Joe Cullen should be getting more of the grief from on mm-hmm. Twitter or from us or on the fan base. Uh, I think the, the exclamation points that you look at in these games are on the offensive side, but yes. the defense is really not doing a good enough job to maybe give their rookie quarterback, Darryl Bevel, and the rest a legitimate chance to even win the football games. Yeah, I mean... It, <sighs> it stems from from both sides as far as i'm concerned and there's just a, the same amount of blame to go around on defense obviously shutting derrick henry down was the premium i mean y- you tried but at the end of the day titans have over 184 yards rushing so i, I don't think you did your job there yeah. so that's well, it didn't know. feel like it though did it but it, ended uh, up that I mean, way. it did end up that way yeah, yeah. And, then, and then that's all that matters at the end of the day um, so, yeah, there's, there's stuff to blame on this defense because we're seeing the same things week in and week out. Yeah. You can't cover a tight end. You can't switch off properly on crossing routes, and there's still confusion in the back end. That has been the constant now for this Jaguars defense for five games, and it, it is still yet to be addressed. So, yeah, that absolutely falls on coaching. That has to be better. So you can sit here and say complimentary football all you want, 
But to me, it falls on both sides of the ball. It, it falls on Urban Meyer knowing, okay, let's get James Robinson back in there. Like, if you don't want to micromanage stuff, then maybe micromanage stuff. You know, like, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, you're getting paid 10, 12 million, whatever it is. I mean, listen, I... I I, uh, I can find the good list. I got. I, it's like I'm defend. I wasn't defending Bevel today. I'm just being straight with you that the Jags are doing some good things on offense. But like they are. Yeah. But they're not doing enough. Like. Yeah. Well, you can't get lost in the fact that the QB is still good. The running game is good. Sure. Like so, where do you fix it? Well, you fix it on the plays that you're not capitalizing on. That's my point with Bevel. It wasn't a defense of him. Yeah. It's the reality of it. I mean, the Jags' offense is doing some good things. To who though? Like compared to what? Compared to the rest of the league, they were top eight in yards per play. I don't know how big that stat is, you, but that is with okay. Tampa. That Let is me, with okay. Cleveland. That is with the Chargers. I love the energy right now. Do you think it the Jaguars' offense was good last year? No. Do you think they're good the, the, the year before that? I doubt it. 2019, okay. no. So then why in 2019 and in 2020, the first five games, they've had more yards, they put up more points, and they've, uh, and they've averaged more yards per game? In 2020? And 19. Well, because the first two games sucked of this year. Okay. And, 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 I'm, sure, and, and, and I'm sure the first two games, uh, 2020, they put no, up 241 yards. Yeah, first two games Th that in 2020, they scored 30 points each. And they put up 241 yards in 2020. But that doesn't, I mean, in terms of yardage, it wasn't that good. Okay, it was but, 19 to 20, and they scored 30-something points. But this is my point. Like, we say it's looking better, it's looking better. Okay, but compared to what? Well, Andy because had a rookie quarterback. How about that? I'll give you another excuse. You had Garner Minshew as well. In 19, yeah, you were coming off Foles and then Minshew. Yeah. Yeah. And you put up 1,900 yards in five games. So, I mean, m my point is it looks good compared to what? Because the past two seasons, you've put up more numbers in the first five games. You put up more yards per game in the first five games. You scored 19 points against the Tennessee Titans. Like, that's not going to get the job done. No. So, my expectations for this offense, they're higher. And, and I, I may be... Not in, like, in the critical acclaim here where I'm the outside on this one, and that's fine. But to me, the offense has to do more. They have to do more in the red zone. They have to more do more in scoring points. They have, to more, they have to do more in explosive plays. You just have to. And I get James Robinson is doing his best. Trevor Lawrence is coming along nicely. But if you want to compare it to the past two seasons, it's worse. Yeah, I... I mean, and the total of the numbers don't lie. But again, from game one and two to three, four, five, it's not nearly as bad, and it is better than those. Give me the last three. Give me three game stretch, three, four, five versus those games, and I bet the numbers are different. Like my eyes tell me that. Okay. I think the so, games tell you that. Okay. Uh, so, I, so set the scene. That's reality. So set the scene. Against the Titans, they put up what, 454 yards. Yes. Okay. So 2019, 507 yards was game five. So, I mean, they, they put up more yards. What was the score of that game? Who were they playing? I, I have no idea. Okay. I mean, you know, you're asking a lot of me. Well, I just don't know <laughs> yeah. if it was, like, in the flow of the game or yeah. whatever. I mean, there wasn't a lot of garbage stuff yesterday, I don't think, yeah. on that last drive. Sure. Uh, it felt like a flow of the game was, again, that's what the eyes tell me. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is, if I can do that, we can go back and forth on this part all day. I'm not trying to tell you Bevel's, like, the best offensive coordinator. I'm just telling you there are some things that are good on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they are getting tight ends involved. They're getting other people involved. They're running the football efficiently. Mm -hmm. Their quarterback is playing pretty good football. Like, he is playing good football for them. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you it's enough. Like, it's not. They lost five points in the kicking game yesterday, and they didn't get in from the inch line. Mm -hmm. If they do all those things that teams do, and you call the right play, and you execute properly, and you can kick the damn ball, 
they score 31 points. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. I can see that. That's That was the point of it. Mm -hmm. I also can see that this defense can't, would have probably allowed Tennessee to go right back down the field. <laughs> you yeah, know? more than likely. So they're putting a lot of stress on, on that offense. Mm -hmm. um, but the coaching, I'm not here to tell you the coaching's doing enough. In fact, I say just the opposite. I hammered Bevel all day yesterday for the fourth down calls. I hammered Urban today again. How at 1 o'clock in the afternoon doesn't he know that James Robinson had six touches compared to 12 mm -hmm. in the first half versus the second half? Like, how does he not know that? What are we doing? So from your standpoint... You know, I, my point in this a little bit, getting on the coaches, was Joe Cullen's really not getting a lot of heat because Urban's an easy target right well, now and a rightful yeah. target. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think Daryl Bevel, because he's the OC and the, the plays are magnified, mm -hmm. it feels like that. I think all three deserve a lot of heat right now. Yeah. I really do. Obviously, to me, Joe Cullen, yes, he definitely deserves the heat because you have to be better. I think Daryl Bevel deserves some heat as well. But this all starts with Urban Meyer. Absolutely. You're, you're the head coach, and, and you brought everybody here. What to me, it's hard to justify, and probably the most frustrating part is that Urban Meyer is an offensive minded guy. Okay, this wasn't a situation where you know it was like I'm trying to think of a d defensive coach, it wasn't like Bill Belichick wasn't aware uh, how many rushes Damian Harris had, yeah, yeah, right? Uh, it's probably the last thing well, on his Dan mind, Campbell even, right? Yeah, or, was, or Dan Campbell, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, how, how many rushes DeAndre Swift had? You're Urban Meyer, yeah. you're, you're an offensive minded coach, like just. What influence do you have on this offense then? If you're not interested in knowing how many rushes James Robinson has in the second half. Like, to me, being an offensive-minded guy, being part of this playbook, I would assume you should know these. You have to know these things. Listen, man, I, I'm, I, I wasn't kidding when I said this. Like, I lost. I went to bed late last night still wondering why the hell James Robinson didn't get the ball. Mm -hmm. Like, I was crunching numbers on yards per play last night and how many times he touched it and why he wouldn't have touched it before I went to bed. Mm -hmm. If I'm Urban Meyer, why why am I not doing that? Like, why didn't I call Daryl Bevel at midnight and be like, holy crap, man. Mm -hmm. Did you see James Robinson only got the ball six times? Like, why did that happen? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't... that Urban's not looking good at these news conferences. Mm -hmm. Urban is obviously not getting the job done right now. Mm -hmm. It all starts with him. Uh, and... There's just strange stuff happening. Let's talk more about it. We get to take a break. We got to start with Urban. And this thing looks so messy in Jacksonville. And you know me, I try to be a positive guy. And I do think you have to look through some of it and see what the team is. Maybe there's some hope here or there. And right now it's Trevor and James Robinson, right? I mean, Chason played a nice game, but he also gave up like this easily blown touchdown, right? Which I'm, I'm not <laughs> see, but with the, talking about the one to the, the tight, tight end. end. That see, wasn't I him? Don't, I don't know if that was him or not. Really? Maybe, well, there's a miscommunication there. Okay. Because I don't know if he had the tight end man or if he just dropped back into coverage because there was definitely a mix up there with Wingard. With Shaq Griffin and then Chase on. Somebody okay. wasn't on the same page there, and I'm not sure if it was Chase on. Yeah, I want to ask you a little bit yeah. more about some of those plays anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, but we start with Urban Meyer because things are a mess. So you got Michael Silver kind of uh, during the game hinting that this isn't going to work out. The, the, I think Peter King said it again today, it's an absolute mess. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is we don't need those guys to tell us it's a mess. We know. It was probably a mess two weeks ago internally with some of this organizational stuff, and our first hint of that was against Houston. Mm -hmm. Right. And now you go from not taking a flight back to the video that comes out to some of these news conferences and it's not getting any better. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. And uh, right now, Urban Meyer is more of a problem than a solution here in Jacksonville. That's the reality of it.
We'll talk more about it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. He's, uh, he's playing really well. I didn't realize that. I'll, I'll check after this. But that's there's no intent other, other than if he gets spelled. You know, I know after a long run, they yank him to get his win back. But he's playing at high level. <laughs> urban. Urban, urban, urban. Urban Meyer said that about James Robinson when asked about six touches in the second half. He had 12 touches in the first half, and I'm talking carries, by the way. He had one reception for minus two as well, but let's not talk about that. I mean, it's 1 o'clock on a Monday in Jacksonville. If he got handed the stat sheet at 4.10 yesterday after the game, and was looking at the numbers and saw 18 carries after he had hopefully seen 12 carries in the box score at halftime, how would he not know? How did you not know last night? I don't know exactly what coaches do and everybody does. I'm talking about just Urban Meyer, just everybody in general. How? I don't know what they do after the game. They go home, decompress a little bit, and even the coaches and get away from it, come back early Monday. Everybody works early, it seems like. They watch the film, and or, or maybe they talk more about these things at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I try to think of that stuff so I just don't jump on, right? Like, okay, maybe it was like a 3 o'clock meeting with Bevel and the offensive staff to discuss some of this stuff. But, but this is too obvious. Like... I pointed it out. Somebody else pointed it out. We were talking about it. I did 10 minutes on Action Sports Jack's primetime last night on this. I, I talked about it 10 minutes in the postgame show on this. Mm-hmm. Like James Robinson, folks, it is not normal for a running back to average 9.2 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. It's really not normal for a running back to average 8.3 yards a carry for the game. That's what James Robinson did, 9.2 in the first half, 8.3 for the game. When they decide not to have him in the game because they have faith in Carlos Hyde, and by the way, this is different than us, right? I, I, and we'll talk about this play, but coaches have faith in their players or they wouldn't be on the roster, mm-hmm. right? So this was less about Robinson being out of the game for them and more about, hey, we think Carlos can do it too, get an inch. All right, Hyde's running the ball fine. But we're all sitting there like, why isn't James Robinson in the game? And quite frankly, he should, guy, be, like he that, should be in the game yeah. because he's got eight. At that time, he had 8.4 yards of carry. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's plenty of criticism for that, too, I believe. Well, and it wasn't a fatigue issue. No. Like, like, it wasn't issue. I can see, like, if you're trying to spell somebody and just, you know, get him a rest, that was not the case in that instance with James Robinson. It wasn't. Uh, and, and by the way, it goes back to what I said in the first segment. That situation and also coming out of the gates in the second half and the first drive when you have to be looking at the stats and box score. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand in the flow of the game, Darryl Bevel's not keeping track of the stats. You know, somebody might be. I don't think an offensive coordinator does that. He's kind of in his own flow, right? Sure. Call in place, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at some point, I would think at halftime, somebody points out, like, man, hey, hey, guys, we're running the football really well. Let's keep running it. We'll get back in this game. We'll make a couple stops. We're, we're in this thing. Like, that was have to be some of the conversation at halftime, right? And when you no, do that, sure. you have to have the box score says, hey, James, you're kicking ass, man. Mm-hmm. Nine ti- 9.2 every time you get the ball. Like, how did they not know that coming out of the gates in the second half? And then how did they not know that after the game 
and all the way until Monday at 1 o'clock in a news conference when asked that he only got six touches in the second half. And how was your answer not, well, we were down 31-13. That was the safe answer. <laughs> you know, I mean, you wanted it to be better. Better. If yeah, you want yeah, an excuse, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the safe answer. Yeah, and say, yeah. well, we're down 31-13, we had we to play catch-up, all yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And then we can still be critical of it, but at least that's a response. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are we doing in Jacksonville? What is this? You know, and... If you can sit in the confines of your own home or you can sit in the stadium and wonder, hey, why isn't James Robinson in right now? Or why isn't he getting more touches? If you can have that honest conversation with yourself from the confines of wherever you're at, I would hope that conversation is taking part in the headset as well and on the sidelines. And it doesn't seem to be taking part. And it's just, it's another example of, you know, you, I don't know if it's not being in tune to, to what, because to me this echoes the whole Miles Jack comment about wearing the green dot, where yes. Urban came out and said, you know, they did some research and, um, you know, whatever the research says is that when Miles Jack's not calling the plays, he's, you know, he's, he's, he plays faster, he's better. Well, what, may, what gave you that idea? I mean, did, did, did you listen to our show in the training camp? Did you listen to our show for the second preseason game when he was calling the plays? I they like, show the tape from last year. But that's what I'm. Like, he's a captain. Like, did you have these conversations? Yeah. Well, you, but you know, and listen to, to to defend that standpoint. I, I, I'm sure Miles Jack was like, no, I can handle it. I'm a captain. Yeah, because that's you, true. you know, that's how Miles Jack that's is. That's true. But at the same time, if you're a coach, you got you got to save your player from himself. Well, and, and like, but just go watch the film. Yeah, and I thought about that, Austin. You're right. And the press conference yesterday. This is, again, this is, I try to look at all around it. Sure. Okay? Mm -hmm. And probably given, maybe even Urban too much credit here. Okay. But I felt like the, the comment about the fourth down play, the sneak and all that, and mm -hmm. we'll get into it, but I thought a little bit of that was, listen, I'm not going to throw my offensive coordinator under the bus here. Yes. I, I, I'm, I think you're right, people. But I'm not going to throw him under the bus. James Robinson not being in the game, I should do it. But I'm not going to throw him under the bus. Th I've had a tough week here in Jacksonville. I'm not going to throw my assistants under the bus mm -hmm. when I became a distraction. I felt there was a little bit of that there. Am I out of my mind that that could have been? And then at the same time on the Miles one, if I'm, if I'm trying to find another way around that story, was, hey, he's a captain. He thinks he can handle it. He couldn't last year that great. He can handle it. We're going to give him the better of the doubt. This is a player's team. I trust Miles. He thinks he can do it. And Damian Wilson was a little bit newer and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. We're gonna, Miles thinks he can do it. He can play fast and he can make the calls and he can be the quarterback of that team because ideally that's what we'd like to happen. And so I'm going to trust my player. And so even in his comments, he might have been like, I don't want to throw Miles under the bus. I don't want to come out here and say like, hey, Miles can't handle that. But don't you think in doing that, though, he threw Trevor underneath the bus a little bit? He did a little. He did throw. Y yeah, and, I mean, and that's, he did. Literally by saying that your rookie quarterback can't handle a quarterback sneak, or I mean, that to me is throwing somebody underneath the bus. Yeah. And especially probably the guy you don't want to take off the most on this team right now is Trevor Lawrence. Y yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get that. That was a disconnect there. And here's the thing. This is what I do, this is where I'm I'm really concerned about the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer is you know what you do after you said that you walk down the hall because Trevor came on after you mm -hmm. and you say listen I, I we probably should have called the sneak wheel and know it all this stuff here's mm -hmm. what I said mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. I don't want to throw Bevel under the bus here mm -hmm. you know you can do that yeah like people do that.
They yeah. do think. Oh no, for listen, sure. we've been covering this stuff for long enough. Yeah. They, don't, they don't always tell the truth. No, like they're not always. They're high. They, they don't always come out and be as transparent. Mm -hmm. So either Urban in in his quest to try to not throw Bevel under the bus, then throws Trevor under the bus, and then doesn't communicate with him. Mm -hmm. And I think well, even Trevor was trying not to throw anybody under the bus because as a competitor, you're like, well, yeah, I'm comfortable doing anything. You know, I can do it. It's on me. To yeah. Like, he was probably coming at it from that angle, like, I can do it. Mm -hmm. I can do it. <laughs> but even today, I will say, Urban kind of doubled down like he hadn't done it in live action. Steph's listening to it, the, the thing, the, the presser with me, and she's like, did he just say that they haven't tried it in live action, but they don't do any live stuff at practice, so when the hell are they going to try yeah. it? Well, and, and <laughs> that's what he said. No, uh, what are yeah. we doing? I know, and I mean, I, I I hope you practice some sort of goal line in practice. Like you don't have to go live and tackle. But once again, we're talking about a quarterback sneak here. Like how? I mean, we're, I was doing quarterback sneaks in Pop Warner. Like it's you don't have to go live. Hey, center, guard, get shoulder to shoulder. Hey, quarterback, see where the lines lined up. If they shift, then go the other opposite direction and get a first down. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I, I took for granted, being a defensive guy, how hard the quarterback sneak <laughs> is to line up and master. I guess I, I took that for granted. I don't think it's that hard. I think one practice sh should do it. Maybe not, though. But this is where we're at, though. Yeah, this, and, and so there's this disconnect, right? And the bottom line is, hey, listen, I'll try to defend. I'll say maybe you were trying to cover this or, or not throw a guy under the bus. And by the way, Urban throwed his offense coordinator under the bus a little bit to start the year at times. He did? You know? And, and he's, he kind of says it how it is. We like the transparency. He's not afraid to do that to players. I think this is Urban kind of circling back a little bit at times, potentially. Now, this might be too much of a defense of him, but I think he's – because he knows his situation the last 10 days, mm -hmm. that now he can't really be as forceful as he was to hammer everybody else, even though that's kind of his M.O. in the building, is he'll go off at anybody he needs to go off at, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's equipment guy, player, coach, anything. Mm -hmm. And But now he's lost a little bit, and so that's a bigger issue, right? If he has to kind of change the way he is because of what happened last 10 days, well, now that distraction lingers into his coaching style and everything else. And so that's why there might be a bigger issue right now in Jacksonville than even losing games or saying this at a press conference. Is, is Urban Meyer not coaching the way that he normally would? Is Urban Meyer not coaching how he used to coach that got him in the position to be great at coaching and get this job? Because he even said today he's, he was a maniac in, in college, but he's not doing that. He's, let, he's delegating. So is Urban Meyer not as good at delegating? He needs to be hands-on. Are we finding that out about Urban Meyer, that he's not as good a coach if he lets his other people do their thing and doesn't micromanage them? But guess what? We don't care how Urban Meyer does anything. In Jacksonville, Shad Khan probably, well, maybe he does care. The fans don't care. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, I don't know if the players care. They want to win. Yeah. And so whatever formula it takes to win, whether that's micromanage, delegate, yell, don't yell, say this, say that, who cares? But what makes you the best you can be, Urban Meyer, to coach is probably what the Jacksonville Jaguars need right now because they stink and they've lost 20 in a row. But here's the problem with that, though, Brent. He's already showed his cards. Like, he showed who he is as an NFL coach. And now you're telling him, hey, go back to what you did in college. Okay, that's fine. And that's what you should probably do in the first place. But since we're here now, since we're five games in to the regular season, and now you want to change up your tone and kind of roll with an iron fist, 
How is that going to go over in the locker room as soon as they lose the first game? Yeah. You will lose that locker room. I, I promise. Like, if you want to if you want to be a hard ass now and you want to yell and you want to do all this stuff, it's past the point of that. Now. If you did it in training, because let's be honest, like, a lot of these guys, they haven't played from in college. They don't know who, the, I mean, no, no. you hear stuff, okay, but they, they don't know who Urban Meyer is from college. All they know is Urban Meyer, the NFL coach. Urban Meyer, the guy who coached us in training camp, in OTAs, and now in the regular season. And if you want to change that script and change your tune and, heaven forbid, you lose that first game that he does that, how is the response going to be then in that locker room? Yeah, listen, I, here's the problem right now, I think, in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer, and right now there's lacks some consistency in how he's doing things. And last week's events, I think, played a role. Uh, and the, the lack of consistency in what he's saying, the lack of consistency in probably how it's being done, the lack of somewhat organization inside that building, really from step one. Uh, and this that's not helping. I mean, th again, I can find you some positive things. This isn't all bad, but it's a lot bad. And I think the major thing here is we have to start to wonder, is it going to get better? Mm -hmm. Or has this become almost too toxic, you know, in Jacksonville well, and, and from the outside noise? And what are they really saying inside the building? How much should we applaud the locker room for keeping it together and, and give that kind of effort yesterday? But you're treading against yourselves inside the building because the coach has kind of lost it. Is that a thing? We don't know that for sure, but... It certainly starts to raise those kind of questions in your mind, and it has in my mind. To me, all I had to hear, and I know we're beating a dead horse here, but it, it, it warrants the attention. When you get the sense that Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, and Daryl Bevel are not on the same page, true. That's all I got to hear. Yeah, that's a good. Okay, point. because let's let's, keep let's go back Bam. in time real quick. All right, let's go back in time. The reason why Urban Meyer is here in the first place is because of Trevor Lawrence. Okay, I mean, we were reminded of, you know, Urban Meyer at, at the pro day, you know, 10 yards away from Trevor Lawrence, gawking at him, you know, like admiring Trevor Lawrence's work and like, yeah, this is going to be a quarterback one day. So I just assumed that it was, it was make a match made in heaven. You know, like they're going to be on the same page. They're sharing the same brain because it's that important in terms of chemistry. And you have an offensive-minded guy in Urban Meyer who could get the best out of the quarterback. Well, then I sit through a press conference, I watch the press conference, and I go, Oh, they're not on the same page at all. Oh, they, they, they're, there is no chemistry right now with Urban Meyer, Daryl Bevel, and Trevor Lawrence. And that was supposed to be what this franchise was built on. That's what the franchise is supposed to be built on, the foundation, and what it's supposed to be going forward. And you, you don't even have that right now. So forget winning games and being successful. How are we going to go forward if we can't even get the quarterback, the head coach, and the offensive coordinator all on the same page? Yeah, it, it's a good point, and it's a very simplified point there of uh, that's the most important thing. You yeah. Know? But it's, the disconnect is a good word here because there's something amiss. There's something almost chaotic about everything going on, and it's, it, you know, they call it an organization. It feels like there's no organization mm -hmm. right now. And, and to me, that's a major issue because I thought that was one of the fixes with Urban Meyer. And now am I dead wrong about that? And, and is Shad Khan, more importantly, dead wrong about that, that made him great at the collegiate level? Yeah. That, and, and by the way, there's two things that I thought made him really good, probably an organization, uh, communi well, three, communication, mm -hmm. and also culture builder. Mm -hmm. Well, the culture of this building right now appears to be terrible. Mm -hmm. Appears to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's maybe a bigger problem. Yeah, you know, obviously the, this defense... We'll break that down later, too, and we'll see what they can do better there. You know, that's an issue. 
But to me, I echo the most important thing. And literally sitting through that press conference yesterday and then watching the one today, I'm having flashbacks of, well, is it Gardner Minshew's job? Is there a disconnect between Gardner Minshew and Doug Marone? Do they not like Gardner Minshew anymore because yeah. of the, the hand issue? Yeah. The shoulder? Like, that's where I'm at again. Yeah. Or I'm back to, well, do they want Nick Foles to start? Or is it Gardner? Like, okay, there's a disconnect there. I get the same vibes from watching Trevor Urban and Bevlin press conferences that I do from the, the previous regimes. And yeah. it's not a good it's, vibe it's to It's interesting. Have. I didn't go there. I don't... I, I wasn't elevated to that degree by it, but that's it's what I got. that you are, and that doesn't yeah. make me right and, or, oh. or you wrong. Yeah. It's just that I didn't go there uh, right away. Let's get take a break. we got more on it. Um, we'll get to the actual game stuff like the fourth and inches, right, mm-hmm. and some of the defensive stuff. And Trevor and James Robinson, man, the kids should – those guys should be celebrated a little bit. It's hard to celebrate in a loss, but James Robinson, I, I, I love this dude. By the way, I'll be at Jags Report live tonight at Seagulls nice. at 7 o'clock, uh, live on Fox 30, but going, come on out say hello. Go and buy him a beer. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> at I'll least be, one. I'll be double-fisted. Yeah. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Well, pretty desperate. Uh, desperate for a win. Desperate uh, the way they go to work each day, each week. Desperate for a win. And, uh, you know, we can't worry about the past, worried about the future, and a uh, trip to London and try to get a win. Guys are, you know, sort of got, some guys are playing their tails off. And, uh, but, yeah, we're desperate for a win. This was another one that was picked apart as disconnect. I, I don't buy this one. Did, well, did you, from what's that? Trevor, Trevor said we're not, I'm not, we're not desperate. I think people view that word differently. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I again, this is we can be a little over analytical at this stuff. I understand one guy said I'm not desperate. One guy said we are. But I, am I wrong? I mean, you might, I might say because here's the deal: I'm desperate for a freaking win in Jacksonville too. Yes. You know, but some people I view like desperation as like, no. oh my gosh, I got to do this something crazy. No. So, and I think Trevor was more like, nah, man, you can't get out of it. You can't go that way. You can't do that. So you don't I, think that he's desperate for a win? He's uh, lost five in a row. I think Urban Meyer is desperate, obviously, because say what you want, it's been 20 games in a row, and he understands that, so he's desperate for a win. I think Trevor Lawrence heard that, and it was like, yeah, we're desperate, but I don't want to press. Exactly. Right? Like, I don't want to play without, you know, because if you start pressing, then you start making more mistakes. So I think that's where Trevor Lawrence is at being a football player as opposed to a coach who's obviously just a coach and trying to get a win. I I agree. I think think that's right. I think think that's what it was. I think we got to be a little careful with that one because I think a coach can be desperate. I think a player doesn't want to go that route from a pressing standpoint. Yeah. I think you're right on the money. That's a great explanation. Yeah. So I I, I heard that. Yeah. the Kimmy thing and that is in a totally different stratosphere, in my opinion. No, yeah, the, I'm, I'm still a little disappointed in the QB. <laughs> we'll talk more <laughs> about it. Hey, okay. Let's get James on the line real quick here at Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. James, make us feel better, will you? <laughs> well, that's very hard to do Amen. today. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I know that we have talked about this at nauseum. There's obviously a disconnect, like you just said. With the coaching, with the players, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to talk about, and I know Austin's going to say, we don't want to hear about the refs probably, but there's a disconnect in how officiating is done. And I'll tell you why I think that. We all know the third play of the game was questionable, uh, but that one, okay, whatever. If that play happens in the end zone, that probably is going to be called incomplete because there was no real – uh, what do you make a football move and all yeah. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the that way, if it was, and I'll interrupt you real quick, James. If it was called incomplete sure. on the field, I don't think it would have been overturned. I think it was one of those kind of moves, uh, plays. 
and I don't blame them for letting it play on because we want them to do that, yeah. and then we can review. The even the um, when Chason hit the quarterback, that one was questionable. When uh, Tanny Hill, yes. uh, you know, yeah. could have fumbled, that one was questionable. That was iffy. I was like, yeah, I don't know about this one. But let me tell you, the Trevor Lawrence one on the goal line was egregious because, and we just went back. They call that a touchdown. And there is nothing, and objectively, nothing I saw that would overturn that call. And I literally looked for something, a knee, the ball didn't touch the goal line, whatever. How in the world do they not, or did they overturn that? Why isn't somebody asking, what did you see that overturned this call? And it really cost us in two ways. Obviously, points on the board. But then Brandon Litter gets hurt on the very next play. Yeah, yeah. So that was a costly thing in two ways. So uh, what I meant, the whole disconnect comment, if Gene Steratore is twice in that, um, in that game saying, this is what I think is the call, and they should be calling it this way, and the officials on the field and in New York see it differently, then officials have a different view of certain things, which is a problem. And that's my point. And I, I'm really kind of tired of every one of these calls. It feels like, and I might be wrong, feels like goes against us. I mean, it just seems like that constant. But anyway, Thanks. that's what I wanted to mention. Hey, no, James, we appreciate it, man. We're near the top of the hour, but I appreciate yeah. that. And it's a good point. And a lot of people often complain oh, no, about for the sure. I, saw I, I try I saw not it. to go there. Yeah. Um, I, well, let's see. I thought the two pass interference misses were, were bigger than all of that, to be honest with you. Uh, Clay yeah. Brooks over the middle, and then Dan Arnold got it, uh, interfered no, that was, with. That was definitely and it. And first and goal at the half-inch line. Then we could have four chances for Bevel to mess it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think on the fumble and the forward pass, you can make an argument for both. Like, I, I wasn't, you know, standing up in my living room, throwing the TV, uh, throwing their remote at the TV, saying this was egregious. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, I get it. The Trevor Lawrence one, yeah, it, it looked like he, you know, was in. Did you think he was in? I thought he was in. See, I thought they no. got that one right. Really? I mean, it was, it, it's super hard to tell, but see, that's the thing, Brent, they called it a touchdown. They did. Right? So if we so say that, if we that. disagree, you shouldn't overturn. Exactly. That's inconclusive. But at the end of the day, like, no, I don't think the NFL refs have it out for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I saw I don't, it I don't, I, don't think, I don't think New York, and this is my point, yeah. We're so desperate right now, like, we, we have to cling to that because what else can we say about it? Um, yeah, it was a shame that Brandon Linder got hurt the next play, right? Um, this is the NFL, and those things happen. At the end of the day, though, when it's when you have the ball on the one-yard line and going in, I'm not sure what the percentages say, you should be able to pound the rock in that zone. Yeah, you really should. You just should. Four inches. Four inches. That's it. I don't know what the, what the analytics say. I don't know what the next-gen stats say. But well, you got to pound it. In. But what, like, this, this is part of being bad. This is part of losing. Oh, I know. When like, you, you don't get the breaks like that. You just yeah. don't. But you also aren't making good enough plays. Shaq Griffin, pick it off. Get in on fourth and inches. It's blame on you as well. But this, the refs yeah. don't help usually in those kind of situations. But this is where we're at as a football team now, where, you know, you're, you're not that good. So you have to depend on the refs to make 100% of the calls your way. That's true. So you, you have to make sure the other team that you go against, they make mistakes so you can try to win the game because that's because our kicking's not getting it done either. So like, yeah. that's where we're at as a, as a franchise right now is we have to have everything else in the universe go our way just to even have a chance to win a game. Yeah, Cincinnati and Tennessee didn't mess up. And we needed yeah. to mess up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Aaron Jackson, well, you need that yeah. to happen. All right, four o'clock hour. We got more to come. James Robinson, Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, the coaches staff. Oh my. We'll be back.